By the end of the show, Sam Bennett could be a Toronto Maple Leaf or could be a New York Ranger. If uh, if you, you're at Ranger fans seem to think I saw them in the comments uh, today going, wow, D'Angelo for Bennett just makes too much sense for both sides. <laughs> I was like, I don't think this is a this is quite the pure Luke Dubois, Patrick Line trade that you think it is. Um, but sometimes you put things out into the universe just uh, in hopes, you know? Yeah. A Lamborghini exactly. would be great tomorrow. Oh, man. Lamborghini <laughs> and my driveway is just too perfect of a yeah. fit. It's it makes too much sense. It just it makes too, too much sense. sense. <laughs> my mom's Italian Lamborghini. Come on. <sighs> Come on. It makes too much sense. <laughs> too much sense. Why not have a Lamborghini in your driveway? <laughs> How you guys doing? Hey, guys why doing? not? So, okay. Okay. I got a question for you guys. How do you say, what, what state is Las Vegas in? Nevada. No, how do you say it? Nevada. How do you say it, Jesse? I'm going to try and do this naturally because uh, I heard you're mispronouncing. So it's Las Vegas, Nevada. So I said Nevada, right? I don't know. I don't know what. A pre- okay, so I heard from like five people from Nevada, 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 that, that were like, you see, oh, I like your show, but you, could you please pronounce Nevada correctly? And I'm like, I didn't know there was an alternate way. Oh, and- I got roasted yesterday. Did you? I got because I said Mario in uh, my Dang It's video. The internet blew up at you. <laughs> Super Mario. Is it Mario? Which, yeah. A bunch of people explaining to me how to properly say Mario, and did, I'm like, did, I know. Did people Italian explain to you? My uh, my Italian family little, literally has people named Mario in it, <laughs> but I'm a freaking hoser and say Mario sometimes. Wow. I'm wow. sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, so it's, it's like Nevada lot- or Nevada. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. I'm going to say Nevada. I'm going to pull it up. Yeah, let's find out. Because, Plus, you maybe. know, the thing is, I, I, I made fun, but everybody was very nice about it. And I think it's just you just want to make sure you get the names right. The thing is, too, we're reading commercials like that that are like based on things in, in the United States. Like, you're not going to know everything. Like, I would love to put some American listeners through a Canadian. How do you spell this? Or how do you? Uh, pronounce Antigonish, like I'd love to, or Antigonish, when you uh, when you you show them like some of the big names in Canada that we have. It's crazy. Connor Carrick, when I was on his show, made fun of how we say Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> well, what ha- what did he say? He said Toronto Maple Leafs. Every- everyone up there says it like it's one word, and I'm like, I've yeah, never is. heard that in my entire life. Never Toronto heard that in my entire life. Toronto Maple Leafs, my Maple Leafs. I've- Apparently, yeah, we say Austin that's, like, Matthews, that's like one word, Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. But, but it's Maple apparently, Leafs. Apparently, Matthews has a picture in his house that says something like, yeah, no, for sure. Because apparently, <laughs> apparently we say it all the time and he just thinks it's hilarious because he's an American. He says it too. What's he talking about? Yeah, he's I been up here for sure. long enough, but yeah, we yeah, do yeah, say, no, yeah, sure. no, for sure. Yeah, He's picked true. it up. Language that's is true. weird, man. Yeah. Andre... People, Andre Osacheco, who I worked with on the KHL, he learned Here we go, English. Here he we learned go. English covering hockey, but he knows like hockey English, which is That's a square on the bingo card. Steve saying he works for the yeah. KHL. <laughs> hey, did you know there that Steve worked for the KHL? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have the Nevada pronunciation okay. if you Give need it. Give it to me so I get it right. All right, oh, here we go. Can't we'll wait to forget YouTube this video. as soon as I learn it. This is from English with Julian on YouTube. Thank you, Julian. 
We are looking at how to pronounce the name of this state in the Western United States. Okay, Julian. How do you go about pronouncing it correctly? Nevada. 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 You do not want to say Nevada, but rather Nevada. Nevada. Here are many more videos on how to pronounce the names of many famous places. You can't even pronounce pronounce. Like <laughs> <laughs> This is that Saturday Night Live uh, sketch. This is our son, Nunni, and our daughter, Nunni. Oh, so this is Nunni? <laughs> no, Americans always get it wrong. It's Nunni. <laughs> well, and people are pronouncing Jesse's names wrong. Um, it's a soft J. He is Yessi. Um, yes. Just like mm. the Finnish. Because Jesse didn't know this. He is from the same hometown as Yessi Pugliarvi. So mm -hmm. it's Yessi Blake. Uh, we've just always done it the other way because we like to North Americanize things, you know. Can mm, I could name a place in Finland? Like, what's the capital you, of Finland? Helsinki. Helsinki. Oh yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm. I can. It's one of those places where I can only name cities because of hockey. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you know. Would you know George Gardens or whatever it is in in Sweden? If it George wasn't Garden? for no, no. Oh, I was so annoying on our East Coast road trip a few years ago. We were driving through Truro, and I'm like, home of the Bearcats, <laughs> Junior A. Who, lo who loves Junior A hockey, folks? Am I right? Home <laughs> of the Truro Bearcats. It's great that uh, Mrs. Dangle gets to go on vacation with Pierre Maguire in the summers. Like, it's just, I oh. can't imagine how much fun that must be for her. It's probably not. Like, at this point, I'm not, I don't know. I'm always like, why, why are you here? <laughs> this is appealing Are you sure? all right all right we got a lot to get to on the show today uh we will obviously talk to uh, tony in just a second tony the tiger uh we're also going to get to who wore the crown uh but we uh we uh, yeah of course we are but but, but there's no games doesn't matter we're we're crowning somebody anyway <laughs> damn it Part of it. It's Jesse part of the show. Of his mental gymnastics. Wake up. <laughs> okay. Wake up, you two. Jeez. Uh, um, also, uh, the I'm NHL. I'm just happy to be co-hosting this episode of Staff and Graph. Here's a, <laughs> here's a daily reminder that the uh, the NHL is just barely holding it together. Uh, we're going to talk about some changes to the benches, but not to the rules that have occurred recently for COVID protocols, as well as just the fact that COVID seems to be taking over a little bit. Uh, Paul Maurice is offended. He is offended, and he also used the word unimpeachable and didn't refer to politics. Pretty interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about the Toronto-Vancouver game tonight. Sam Bennett isn't playing. And how bad are the Senators? Oh, they're pretty bad. But we'll get to that. I'm sure it's not really a surprise. But how bad? How bad is important? How bad? First, let's talk to Tony. Now, since we can't do... Um, like a normal one because the Leafs haven't played since we last spoke. Uh, they're playing tonight against Vancouver. Let's talk about the last time the Leafs played Vancouver. Steve. I want to talk about the rarest goal, the most rare goal in NHL history. Is it is it as rare as a Charizard uh, uh, holographic card? Literally more rare than that. No, mm. I Whoa. don't believe that. Whoa. This is It's more rare than Whoa. that. Whoa. Yes, because this is a goal that will it won't happen again. It will never happen again. A Martin Marincin goal off the rush in the first 30 seconds of the third period to win the game on February 29th of all days. Martin Marincin scoring a game-winning goal on a leap year on the rush, getting his own rebound on Thatcher Demko. 
Martin Marincin, that goal less than a year ago still mm-hmm. against the Vancouver Canucks. Any Canucks fan watching this right now, any Leaf fan watching this, you all remember the goal. My friends, that 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 wears the Tony for me. That's the celly. Nothing says game time like (laughs) frosted flakes. It's the celly of a week a year later, because frankly, it's been a wild year and I can't believe it's already been a year since that happened. Basically, he might be the first guy to get the crown twice for the same goal. Did we give it to him last year? (laughs) I don't know. I I don't remember. I don't think so. But hey, listen, uh, uh, you know what? I think it was it's worth revisiting because it is. Quite astonishing that Martin Marincin can move like that. And it makes you wonder why he can't 99% of the other times, you know? You know what's great? Martin Marincin as your 10th or 11th defender. It's pretty good, is, right? He is this year. It's, yeah. That's, but- that, that buoy is so far out. Oh, don't say that. No, oh, no, shoot, don't you're right. say that. Why the oh, hell would you say no. that? So, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what, what are you have thinking? I done? What are you, what's wrong with you? So I'm here's stupid the thing. is what's wrong with me. If you have Martin Marincin on your, in your lineup, in your system, the rule is it doesn't matter how far down the depth chart you put him. Eventually, he's going to make it in. So if you make him, you know, ninth or 10th in the depth chart, there are going to be four or five injuries to your blue line core at once so that Martin Marincin can make it into the lineup. I guarantee you. So no matter what, if he, if he plays for another team in the NHL, just so you know, if it comes to your team, he will make it into the lineup and he will haunt your dreams when he goes into the corner as well. He's going to get traded to the Coyotes and find a way to play for Leafs. Probably. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And uh, let's get into who were the crown brought to you by who today, Jesse. Well, uh, I received an email to our business account because uh, we have a lot of sponsors trying to get onto the segment. And today, uh, the sponsor of the swine flu uh, Mm. emailed us and they said, hey, Mm. Uh, our reputation has really been hurt because of COVID and we need some more awareness. So if we could sponsor this week's uh, Who Wore the Crown segment, that would be great. So yeah, it's going to be brought to you by Swine Flu. So glad that they did. Well, here's the uh, here's the tagline for them. Today is Who Wore the Crown brought to you by Swine Flu. Remember that flu that you sort of ignored that people told you to be afraid of? That then when COVID came around, you were like, ah, it's probably like swine flu. Well, that, that we're still here from time to time and we're also not fun. I actually had swine flu once. So why not? Remember swine flu. Why, why not? Why not? Thank you. Why not? Thank you. All right. So let's get into it. Now, the reason I don't want to, I, I wanted to do Who Wore the Crown this week, or mm-hmm. at least on this episode, is because I wanted it to be prediction oriented. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Leafs are playing the Canucks. And mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and it was a shame that they didn't play each other more. There was a really nasty game between the Leafs and the Canucks in October, and they didn't get to play each other again till like a March. Now, some of the main players in that, in that, uh, in that game are gone. Nazem Kadri among them, which is a shame. But if there's ever been a time for the Leafs and the Canucks, who met in the Western Conference Finals in 1994, by the way, if there's ever been a time to rekindle that rivalry, nobody in Toronto talks about that because we're so embarrassed, that I think it is this year. And I would like to know who you think will wear the crown after tonight's festivities. Steven, starting with you. You know, Adam, we were talking about Martin Marincin, and I saw some people jokingly say, what if uh, Martin Marincin was a forward? Martin Marincin is never going to play forward because the Leafs already have a Martin Marincin on forward, and his name is Nick Batan. And he's playing tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. But I seem to remember a Canucks game from a few years ago 
Mike Babcock finally buckles and he says, fine, Kyle. I'll put Nick Batan at fourth line center, Kyle, even though he didn't want to. And the Leafs went into uh, that game having never lost a game where they were leading heading into the third period. And they blew, I think it was a two-goal lead. Josh Levo scored. Mm-hmm. And the Canucks ended up winning the game. And Babcock completely sewered Nick Patan. Now here he is, this golden opportunity to get into the lineup. He has a bad habit of doing a lot of good, and the puck doesn't go anywhere near the opponent's net. He's going to score tonight. You think so? Nick Patan is going to score for the GD Toronto Maple Leafs, my friends. Love and it. he's going to wear the... Tony, the crown. No, this one's the crown. He's going to wear the crown. <laughs> wear Tony's crown. Um, okay, mine for sure is going to be Wayne Simmons. And I, the reason I brought up that nasty game between the Canucks and the Leafs is that I think Wayne Simmons, this is a perfect game for him. You get in there, and Canucks fans are going to hate this. You get in there, you antagonize the young stars. You get in Besser's face. You get in Patterson's face. You get in Hughes's face. And you take care of of taking them out of the game mentally. Wayne Simmons obviously has earned a promotion. He's going to play with Nylander and Tavares, and he's playing the right side, which I believe Nylander was playing up until recently. But I don't think it matters for Willie. Willie can go on either side. He's been flip-flopping. Yeah. Like, late game and stuff. It doesn't matter, right? I think his preference is the left. For whatever reason, he just loves it. So So there you go. So Willie, uh, Willie, Tavares, and Simmons. And, you know, I I know that the this is just a temporary thing, obviously, but Wayne Simmons, top two forward groups, he's the perfect guy to play along with Nylander and Tavares. I think he's going to be fun to watch. He's the guy I'm watching tonight. Producer Jesse. This is an easy one because who are the least playing tonight? They were playing the Canucks. Is it the Canucks? The, who are the two famous Canucks to play for the Canucks? Uh, Besser and Pedersen? No. Oh, Mark Messier? <laughs> and um, Like the most famous Canucks ever? The two most famous Canucks Dan, ever. McGillian and Cluche. No. You guys, the Sedin twins. Oh. And where do the Sedin twins hail from? Sweden. Helsinki, Finland. The good old land of Sweden. And mm. who's our Swedish king? William Nylander. He's I also, think... Actually, he's our Calgarian <laughs> king. He is our Canadian Calgarian Swedish king, William right. Nylander. I think tonight he's definitely going to have a great game with his new winger, Wayne Simmons. Mm-hmm. He's going to get my crown. Okay. He's going to get the crown. All right. So we are my pre-crowned. future crown. <laughs> this is what we're doing. This is who this that was who wore the future crown brought to you by swine flu. Swine flu, still not fun, just not as deadly. Why not remember swine flu? <laughs> I, I actually did get it, it sucked. It, You've told terrible. that story, yeah. yeah. Did I tell that? And you the, had they, mono. The, the doctor was like, uh. I don't, I don't, have I told this on the, the doctor said something along the lines of, he's like, yeah, we really thought we were really worried about it because we thought it would affect old people and uh, kids. And it turned out it really didn't affect them. It just affected people in their twenties and thirties. I was like, great, man. <laughs> and it was, it was awful. It was just an awful, awful flu. How'd you so get swine on? flu and mono? You're dutty. Well, I didn't get it. I didn't get it at the same time, but I got mono from riding the subway. How'd you get it at the same time? How did you get mono from the subway? Why well, that's, are you glossing over these stories? Because I was licking a pole, obviously. <laughs> no, it's um that that's what they said the most likely cause of it was is that you know people get stuff on their hands and then they hold the thing and I was holding the thing and like the Licked you know your fingers and then yeah just just whole hand in the mouth just rusty fingers and uh, not. Yeah, I know. It was, oh man, 
mono is something you don't want to get either. Just throwing that out there. Not fun. No. You do get the football player neck and you, but it's, it's an ugly, ugly thing. So don't get mono. There's my advice to you. Now, uh, we got to talk about the rule changes. And I feel bad for the officials on this one. I don't even think Wes McCauley is going to find this humorous, guys. Oh, boy. Uh, and what's um, he going to do? What's... <laughs> Five minutes for I'm not sure. <laughs> He's gonna pull out one of those little whistle things. <laughs> He's gonna make balloon animals and center ice. I would love to see a, a parody video of of, uh, of Wes McCauley and Steve together, and Wes trying to make Steve laugh and Steve not laughing. Just be. Do Steve. you want me to try and get him on the show, Wes? Yeah. Hell yes, absolutely. Okay, I'll uh, I'll send a couple emails. I'll do I'll do some work. I would love Wes McCauley okay. to be on this show. I'll all do right. to him what, what all comedians love. Hey, hey, make a joke. <laughs> oh, you're a comedian? Say something funny. Um, so the glass has been removed from behind the playing benches at Scotiabank Arena and everywhere else. But this is a tweet specifically from our buddy Chris Johnson, fourth member of the show, uh, as per the NHL protocol circulated to teams last night. So essentially what's happened is because uh, other teams have gotten COVID, and we'll get into that in just a little bit, uh, the NHL has said, well, instead of preventing a Sabres-Devils game where the Sabres have legitimate concerns about playing the Devils and somebody might catch COVID, what we're going to do is let them play it, have everybody catch COVID, and then we're going to remove the glass behind the benches. And let's keep this fun. Get ready. Are you ready? I hope you're ready because puck over the glass uh, penalties can still be called, but it has to be a puck that got, went over the glass where it would have been. So, so if if it if it if it's sort of close, they're just gonna have to make yes. a call. Yeah, just wing it. So I know for a fact there are referees who will walk into each team's uh, dressing room. Now I'm sure it's different this year because I doubt they can do that. But they will speak to the teams beforehand, and they'll just be like, "Here's how I'm calling the game." Mm. And well, I didn't know I, they did that. I think it's more of a playoff thing, but it it has. It has happened. I do know that. That's good. I like that. I would love for whoever's refing the game on any given night. Uh, listen, I, I am not calling this. <laughs> if the puck goes over the glass behind the bench, I am not calling this. Unless you fire it into the lobby, I am not calling this. I am not having this on my head. So if the other team flips the puck over the imaginary glass behind your bench, I need you to not be mad at me because I already told you I'm not calling it. I was wondering what would stop the NHL from running like a piece of tape or some string or something. And then you would have like, well, did the puck go over it or did it bounce off the piece of string? So or, the NHL you know now what I mean? has, like it's, it's got the same technology we had in elementary school playing foot hockey. Like are the goalies tonight going to play with their winter jacket as their pads as well? <laughs> you take it off and you put it backwards oh, and that's in that shirt. And those are, it's not the pad. It's the post. That's the winter jacket. No, no that's no. the knapsacks. You, you, you turn your jacket oh inside out, and that's your those yeah. your that's your uh, blockers and stuff. You know, yeah, those are your pads. <laughs> Who Adam, invited Adam? Adam, did you have friends when you were five? Like, oh. Who invited the uh, you're nerd? Right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> well, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch this because you like the thing is, the NHL already is known for its terrible gray area, and here we are. Here we are asking for it, asking for it. And, no. and, and this is the thing. You put out something like this, have a solution. 
put a piece of piece of plexiglass so the co- coach can put his arm on it or something like that. Because also, you remember, the coach is standing behind that all or on top of that uh, that bench all game, and they have something to lean on. You know, some coach is going to forget that it's not there and they're going to fall backwards. You know it. You know it. It's going to happen. Put some netting there. Put something there to stop this because there's these coaches. Oh. Some of them are advanced ages. Do you want a senior citizen falling off that bench? NHL. I'd be worried about that too. Thank you. No. Can you really challenge not. the call? Is that Ooh, an option? Can you? I don't know. I'm sure you can add that rule too. I don't know, Jesse. Like, I don't yeah. think so. No. How does any fan have a shot? How does any <laughs> new fan have a shot? You don't have a shot. I don't know. You gotta. Man. You gotta. You cannot accidentally become a hockey fan. You can't. You have to really make a concerted effort because the game doesn't make it easy. The game does. Well, the biggest league in the world does not make it easy to be a hockey fan. I have to be honest too. Like. I'm not a doctor. Maybe we should talk to Jim, who's in your family. Jim Woodget, Dr. Jim. Mm-hmm. But uh, is that really going to stop COVID from getting to you if it's on the bench already? It's know. about the air ventilation. They're just trying yeah. to create more of it. And they're, they're, it's, it's the thing you always bring up. It's like lawyer stuff. It's, you have to yeah. increase the lack of liability against the NHL as much as possible. So if there's a, hey, if we do this, our liability goes down 0.1%, then you have mm-hmm. to do it. You know what right. they can't do is go back in time and take down the plexiglass in the Sabres-Devils game. Which we'll get to. We're going to not get to that right now, but we will get to that. You're right. Mm. Um, The NHL indicated it is considering asking teams to deploy portable air cleaners behind the benches in order to improve indoor air quality and migrate airborne viral transmission. These cleaners would use HEPA filters, uh, which Consumers Report magazines uh, results in the reductions of 50% or more in particulate matter. Players and coaches are no longer permitted to arrive in the arena more than one hour and 45 minutes before puck drop. The exception is for anybody receiving treatment for injuries. All meetings, whether game day or not, will be virtually conducted. Teams are being asked to utilize or create additional locker room space for themselves and their opponents, with the league looking at uh, looking to have at least six feet between players at each of their stalls. Teams have one week to communicate their plans for accomplishing this. If necessary, portable stalls can be provided to teams. So I Pro- think... so. so and then that'll bring us to the Sabres game. They need to be safe the moment they walk in the building. Yeah, of course. None of this nonsense. This is nonsense. This is... Uh, watching sports over the past few months has been hilarious. It's been... The NBA. Uh, Nick Nurse, what is that mask for? What is that for? It's a chin diaper. It's, it's a hair above a bow tie. That friggin' thing. And the coach, what are the coaches? <sighs> Either it's safe to play or it isn't. Either it's safe to play or this isn't. It's, well, it's, what, no, no, it's Steve, what you it's said not, about it's liability. Not. It's not. Yes, it you know it's is. not. It's what you said about liability. It's all window dressing. This is yeah. all window dressing. Yes. This is yes. nonsense. Also, nonsense. I just want to out there. what I was going to say is I wasn't disagreeing with you. It is not safe to play. But that's the nature of pandemic. It's not safe to To do live. anything. Yeah. yeah so should, it's. Yeah. <laughs> So that can't be the bar anymore because it's not. Objectively, it's not. We know it's not. Everybody knew that. And even an anti-masker would be like, "Yeah, it's probably not safe." But like, you know what I mean? It's it's still the it's still part of the deal. And and I think anti-masker would. Yeah, the safest thing to do would be to not to do nothing for all right. of us to live in like a little bubble. But you can't. You can't. Sometimes they're they're taking the risk because they want to play hockey. That's so, correct. Well, uh, bubble Jesse or restricted. 
whatever yeah. nonsense environment. <laughs> Fucking, oh my God. Well, I mean, and that's what I want to get to here is that the NHL and actually hockey in general has a COVID problem. And it's not, you think it's not just the, it's, it's not that like we all have a COVID problem. It's that it exists. That's a, that's an issue, but there is a difference. And we all know this from how the Americans are handling and how Canadians are handling. Now I have to say this, lots of positivity in the States. I think over 25 million people have been vaccinated against uh, COVID already in the United States that compare that to less than a million in Canada, because we can't get the vaccine because guess what? The Americans produce it all and the Europeans produce it all. And they're like, nah, us first. Yeah. We were talking in studio this week that they passed the threshold of, they now have more people vaccinated than have caught COVID, which is is amazing. Great news. Yeah. And, and, I know Israel's been on it uh, like crazy. Yeah. Um, there've been a few countries that have really, really got it. It's just Canada doesn't produce its own vaccine. So we don't have any here, but we're building a factory in six months. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, um, you know, we have had intense, intense lockdowns here. We, you know, this, the, the effects of this on the economy will be, economy will be felt for decades. Um, but in the meantime, if you look at who's been on the NHL's COVID protocol list, what teams are they on? It's every, so it's 90 players have been on COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. 89 of them uh, are on American teams. The 90th is Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's on it because he was traded from an American team to Canada. Mm-hmm. The Canadian division was a good idea. It was. Now, players might get it. Mm-hmm. They might get it here. Yep. But they're last. So that's good. It. No no games canceled so far. Yeah. So far. Notice I said so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, something will happen. Tomorrow. I, think, happen. I think as well, happen. like the, the fatalist attitude of, hey, the season needs to cancel. It needs to be put in perspective of like, hey, the MLB had a worse problem at their height than this. And mm-hmm. that team, the it was the Florida Marlins who had the worst outbreak. They went on to make the playoffs and they played yeah. all of their necessary games. The NFL had... The NFL, sorry, it might have been the wrong team, but whatever. Uh, the NFL had terrible problems where uh, Pittsburgh played a whole bunch of games in a row because Baltimore kept getting COVID outbreaks. And Denver had to play a game with no quarterback. Like, it, it's happened in all these leagues, and we're seeing the NHL now go through it. And they're going to work through it, and they're going to find a way to make it a solution so the season's getting going to get completed. Like it's not. Right. It's this isn't it. This isn't an end because oh, we got a couple break outbreaks. Like it's going to happen. They're going to play the games, but this this buffalo new jersey situation does seem to be an abject failure so let me let me read that can i read that to you yes so i can uh context that for people so this comes from paul hamilton who's the sabers reporter for wgr uh 5 50 a.m in buffalo huge sports station down there huge and does uh we get it up here in toronto because am signals go on forever and ever uh, Paul says, um, the Sabres believe playing New Jersey led them to shut down their season. And they don't mean, I don't mean like cancel the season. The wording on that's a little bit weird, yeah. uh, because there was a transmission on the ice. The Sabres went to the NHLPA. I didn't say the NHL. I said the NHLPA before Sunday's games with their concern. And I guess, I don't know what they actually, I don't know what they would have known, I don't know how they would have known something about the Devils, but they went to the NHLPA and they said, we don't want to play. Nothing was done. 
And that is where we run into issues. And that is why the overcorrection of removing the glass behind the boards, behind the coaches is happening today. It's an overcorrection. And this is why, because they didn't act on it when they should have. And it has directly to do with this statement from the Buffalo Sabres three hours ago, which is Sabres head coach Ralph Kruger has tested positive for COVID-19 and will immediately enter the NHL's COVID protocol. Retweeted by our friend Arpen Basu, the NHL really needs to figure out what happened in that double Sabres game and they need to do it fast. Now, you know that the NHL, when they issued these decrees, knew that Ralph Kruger had, uh, I'm going to say, it's my opinion that, I can't prove it, but the NHL knew Ralph Kruger uh, had po- tested positive for COVID. That's why the glass was removed behind the benches. You know that. You have to, it has to be. And it's the idea that, you know, they, they're, they're doing something. We don't know what to do, so we're going to do something. What they should have done is stop the game and said, what are your concerns? Maybe we take a pause on this. What's 24 more hours? It's not like, like Minnesota's not playing for another five days. Who cares? I'm sure we can lose. I'm sure we can postpone this and figure it out. Right? How many Sabres entered protocol yesterday? Uh, it was quite a few. I don't remember. And there's like the entire Devils roster is on it. Yeah. Well, it's the whole team now because their games are postponed. Yeah. So I think yeah. there's like a, there's a couple asterisks on there. Like Connor Carrick is on protocol. And I th- think it's just because he's with his wife and brand new child. Yeah. So um, congratulations, by the way, Mr. Carrick. Congratulations, Mr. Carrick. New Jersey added three players, bringing its total 17. Minnesota, which already had Felino on the list, added the, be- the, red- the best of their good players. Nick Bukestad, Nick Benino, Joel Erickson, Eck, Marcus Johansson, and Jared Spurgeon. That is literally the best players on Minnesota. Uh, and then Buffalo um, already had Taylor Hall and Rasmus Ristolainen on that list, added Brandon Montour, Tobias Reeder, who still, I mean, people in Edmonton are still mad at for making them miss the playoffs. Uh, Ty- uh, Tyson Yost of the Avalanche and John Marino uh, from the Penguins were also added. But, you know, and then add Ralph Kruger to that on top of it. I mean, it's it's not... This is, it's, you know what? There's so much runway for them to make these games up. Yeah, there This is, is going to become a problem in March. Because if, if this keeps happening, and there's no reason to think it won't, if this keeps happening, when are they going to make these games up? There are going to be situations in the standings that are going to have to be prorated. I don't don't think some of these teams are going to be able to make up all the games. I don't know that that's the case. And here's why I would say that, Steve. They they have allowed until the end of August to do this, right? Um, The end of August? Yeah, that's from what I've heard. Yeah. There's there's like a... uh, I know that they want it to end by the end of July. Yeah. But because they want to start next season on time. However, if you allow for the end of August, which I'm sure they've accounted for in some regard... Then you start the season in November and things start pretty normally, right? They will have the runway to finish this. They will. The thing becomes, though, how many of these players have long-term effects? You know, we already have a young player who is going to be out the entire year. He got it in November, and he's still not shaking this thing off. Marco Rossi, 19 years old. So this is because, again, it affects everybody differently. You don't know. It could be nothing. It could be a little thing. It could be a lot. And it, you know, it doesn't matter healthy, old, young, it, it, it just, we just don't know why. And so uh, I think what we're lo- when we're looking at this, I think the NHL has got to outside of what they're already doing, start to move into people's personal lives a little bit here. And I mean, what I mean by that is when we talk about not a bubble, 
but like, guys, you're rich enough that you can have your groceries delivered. You don't need to go over to people's houses, stuff like that. You don't need to be out partying. I think the NBA has got rules like that. I'm not sure what the NHL rules on players would be, but I know like, remember Kyrie was in trouble for going to uh, a party with all of his, uh, his cousins in the NBA. I mean, I don't know if those rules exist in the NHL and frankly, and and they just announced an all-star game in the building where a woman just ran onto the court to yell at LeBron James. (laughs) <laughs> well i, I it's, don't it's going good a maskless woman went on the court to yell at lebron james yeah, it's good it's good well, it's the nhl's well. not uh the nhl's not going to do an all-star game this year i don't think no it seems it thinks not well and also it doesn't really it doesn't add too much like the nba all-star game is a spectacle the nhl is sort of like letting arrow out of the balloon yeah, yeah so it's like well you're not With we're not no missing fans, anything there's no point yeah ex- exactly because it's great for the local audience who's there and gets to gets to participate but on tv it just does not translate um, so anyway, long story short, the NHL has got a COVID problem. It'll be very interesting beyond these, as Steve said, window dressing message. What are they going to do? What do you do? Bro, I don't know. <laughs> it's a shame. We got a good couple of weeks in. You know, well, we got well, a good, Steve, we got a good. Not, don't be like that. We're going to, that, that's, that's what I don't like about this. The, oh yeah, it's over, man. It's no, that's not what I said. He's done. That's you know, we said. got a month in and now it's done. Oh, no, it's great. You know what I said? No, we got two or three Come weeks on. in without having to even talk about it. Really? Like it in the office. This season started without two teams. Dallas and Florida weren't playing. Florida's at like That's six true. games still. But there was a co- it was a conversation this whole season. This isn't new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like Conference I'm not gonna around since last March. Attention outside of the Canadian division. Yeah. It's Other just now like we're talking about it. Dang it's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I don't know. I the most important thing is I hope. Uh, the Sabres and Devils are both okay. The Wild, Ralph Kruger specifically with uh, the Sabres. And listen, it's one thing if you catch it in the wild, if you will. But the Sabres are, by the sounds of it, they are under the impression that they got COVID on the ice, mm-hmm. which cannot happen. It cannot happen again. Right. So this needs to be a... I'm sure they have more information than we do, but this needs to be a huge learning experience for the NHL that they take with them for the rest of the season because this cannot happen again. Right. And where we're, you know, I know it's fun to, to, to take shots at the NHL and I'm one of the people that takes a lot of shots at the NHL. Uh, where the hell was the PA on this one? Mm-hmm. Great question. What was presented to you that wasn't compelling enough to raise a red flag NHL PA? What's it going to take guys? Like a learning experience for them too. You're right. uh, Yeah. In fact, if they were presented with the evidence and then things have happened, uh, the PA has got to bear some responsibility on this one. And so the NHL's frankly cleaning up after the PA not doing its job. That's how it looks. Right. And maybe the PA needs to, maybe the PA needs to make a statement. We fucked up. We weren't protecting our players. They won't, but they should because they weren't. The PA is the one who should be asking why the Canadian division has zero cases and all the American teams have these cases. Mm-hmm. Like, why are these uh, these players be- being able to protect themselves and the ones down south aren't? Right. Like, and now, why aren't there rules similar to that? To be fair to the NHL teams, there are, you know, three quarters of all NHL teams are in the States. Mm-hmm. However, a 90 to zero ratio is not a four to one ratio. It's not proportionate. That's the yes. question, you know? Right, yeah. right. So I would expect there to be more COVID cases in the States. I would expect that. But uh, not 
a hundred percent and zero percent. I would expect it more to be like 75, 25. So anyway, long story short, there's a problem and there's no really resident. Like you can't resolve this story here on this show. We don't know. I do think that the PA is skating on this one and they shouldn't. They absolutely need to come out with a statement. What part did they play in this or refuse to play? And also, I mean, like, frankly, we saw what happened with the NWHL. Um, their, their season, they're saying, is suspended. I mean, they called it a bubble. It clearly wasn't. Well, and they called it a bubble until it wasn't anymore. And then they changed the name of it. They changed the name, didn't tell anyone they changed the name. And so, you know, th- this is one of those things where like, you know, man, like you don't take this stuff seriously, you lose the season. And look, and I hope, I doubt they are, but I hope the NHL players are looking at the NWHL players going, they just lost the season. Not hard to do. An entire team's pulling out. Like I knew something was up when the New York team pulls out. When you lose New York in any sports league in North America, it's a bad sign. That's a big market. You need that market in there. Well, they uh, lost two of six teams before calling it quits. Yeah, it's anyway. Not good. No. Now, if we move on a second here. Guys, Paul Maurice, did we see the press conference? Oh, we saw it. We saw it, Adam. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Paul Maurice is offended by the criticism of Blake Wheeler. And I also noticed that Ken Reed, uh, 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 when, when Paul Maurice noted the analytics thing, Ken Reed was like, yeah. And then he like quoted the analytics part of it. Uh, Ken Reed, does Ken Reed not like analytics? <laughs> uh, not at all. <laughs> and it was funny because Paul Maurice was saying, oh, the analytics don't tell you anything about what the five guys on the ice do. Well, they do, Paul, but that's okay. You don't need to... They don't need like we don't need Paul to to be uh, the the flag waver for analytics. I think it could be a mixture of both. What I will say is that it is nice for a head coach to stick up for his captain like that. What I can't figure out is why he felt the need to do it. Was there one particular article that attacked him locally? Like I don't get it. Funny you should say that, Adam. Uh, I think I know what it was. I'm not and, totally sure. Okay, and let me just say this: uh, Paul Maurice uh, said basically. Um, I play it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Please play it. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Well, here, here, here. You want, you want, you want the context first? Well, that's the con. That is the context, right? No, no. What sparked his comments? Oh, sure. Please. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it was Murat Eights of the uh, uh, Athletic, mm-hmm. and he tweeted a screen grab in a two-part tweet. Blake Wheeler has now been on the ice for 13 of the 19 goals Winnipeg has given up at five on five this year. This was Wheeler's last stride. Uh, defense on the Matthew Kachuk goal. Dubé's pass went through a seam. I think Wheeler should have stopped. Wheeler has averaged 20 minutes and 13 seconds per night. Ooh, now you're getting into Paul Maurice's kitchen because you're talking about ice time. Heading into tonight's game, Winnipeg's percentage of five-on-five goals with Wheeler on the ice was 20%. That's obviously going to get better, but Winnipeg's expected goals with Wheeler on the ice is just 38%. Shot attempts, 46%. Uh, 5v4, great. 5-on-5, five five, he's hurt more than he's helped. That's what so, I think he was talking yeah, about. This is definitely a shot across the bow at Murat then. Like 100%, because listen to this press conference. I'd just like you to be right about it. Like, I, 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 right, you'll, you'll do your deep dives in analytics, and God, they do a horse job of telling you what five guys do. Like, the goal that you, you're beaking them on last night... You got put in a real tough spot by a horse back check by somebody else, right? And I'm sensitive to it because 
I've been in awe of this guy since I got here. His his work level, like he's unimpeachable in his character and how he runs that room and how he plays. He's got 11 points in 10 games. And, and yeah, shift length shorter because I'm asking the whole hockey team to run their shift shorter. And, and that's what he does as a captain. He'll bolt off the ice as fast as he can to lead. So... I'm uh, I, I, I'm not so much protective of Blake Wheeler. I'm more protective of the Winnipeg Jets. Like you get a guy in your town that plays that hard and is such a fine, fine leader and a fine man. Let's be real careful. If if his plus minus number isn't what you want, like he's prorated out at about eighty eight points, man. And and we're ten games in. We're six three and one. You're beacon my captain. Yeah, I, I'm I'm offended by it. Wow. So I don't know. I don't know who Matt is. I don't know. It sounded, who Matt is sounded like he said Matt there at the end, but I saw that tweet from Murat, and I'm like, that that has to be what Maurice is talking about. Yep. Um, Murat's right, told- by the way. And Maurice admits as much in that press conference because <laughs> he addresses thing. none of the things that Murat talked about. Oh, All he's right. a great leader. He's a good person. He works hard. Okay, that well, nobody questioned that. So, but what? Although there were some what, questions about the leadership too. What was right. that though? Yeah, so he's obviously getting into the line A stuff. I yeah. thought he's obviously getting into it. And what was that about? Like, we got to be careful. Is he gonna what, like? Is he gonna leave, or is are are these are people driving? players away from joining the Winnipeg Jets. Excuse me while I just do a ballerina pirouette. But because you know, we're always saying here in Toronto, the Winnipeg media is is too hard on the Jets. And they're the reason that people don't sign there. That is the any team with legitimate coverage, like players don't want to play there. It's the Panthers and the Coyotes. It's the only team anyone wants to sign with. And they're, they're beacons of success, both teams. Mm, yes, absolutely. I just what, – what was that, Paul? What was that? I didn't understand that. He, he made it seem like re- re- reporting um, is – A fact. Yeah, is what's going to prevent the Winnipeg Jets from having success? I don't understand. Like – I don't mind him defending Blake Wheeler as a captain. That's his captain. Um, I don't mind him saying, yeah, I know what the numbers are, but I don't give a shit. Like, I, I don't mind him saying that, but what, what was all that? About can I ask, the, can I, can I say that it felt very Patrick line ish tinged only because a person who would bring up your expected goals with Mark Shifley from 38% to probably double is Patrick line. And that was apparently the issue was that they're not playing a guy who can score 50 goals with a guy who can set him up for 50 goals. And, and I, and this is where we talked about it with Tim and Sid. Uh, we've talked about it with, with the, with Aaron Portsline last week. Um, this is where you don't, not that Pierre-Luc Dubois is not a great player, but you don't win when you trade a 50 goal score. You don't. And, and I, I, I would expect, see, here's the thing. 
I know that Blake Wheeler has 11 points in 10 games, and that's great and whatever. We talked about the cultural part of the Jets a couple episodes ago. Where There are questions there. Blake Wheeler is probably a great guy, a little bit tough. Some guys like playing with him, some guys don't. But what Blake Wheeler cannot do is score a ton of goals like Patrick Kleine. Not like that. He has had huge goal seasons. I get it. I know. He's a big point getter in this league. But a first-line player getting 38% expected goals, allowing more than he scores, sounds an awful like, like, lot like the Toronto Maple Leafs when JVR, Bozak, and Kessel were the first line. Boy, did they score a ton of points, but they let in more goals than they scored. This, this, is, the this is the problem. And, and so have, what I expect from an NHL team is to look at that and go, I know he's our captain, but he's the second best right winger on this team. So we're playing him as the second best right winger on this team. And he might only ever be that. And our first line right winger might be lazy, but if he's more talented and better, he's better. Yeah. But the message that you got to something about the message, and I don't know. I think about him, Steve, the whole thing that you brought up about, we got to be careful. Be careful. What? what? He's careful the captain. What? He's tough. Mr. Tough captain guy. He's Mr. Character guy. Gotta keep careful. He signed the eight-year contract. Nobody forced him to sign the eight-year extension in Winnipeg. And in fact, I think the city's treated him pretty well. Name a better fan base in the NHL than Jets fans. And I don't. Is he being attacked by the fan base, or is he being like I've? I, I'm trying to think of the last time I ever heard like widespread Blake Wheeler criticism. Like this is the first heat he's really taken that I can recall. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know, he's beloved. Um, he had back-to-back 90 point seasons, um, enthusiastic captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I haven't heard. Yeah. I never saw a single dent in his armor until, uh, the line stuff. So I don't know what Paul's talking about there. I think he's just going here, there and everywhere, um, to control the conversation and to protect his team. Not unlike another team in the NHL this past week, by the way. Uh, going okay. here, there, and everywhere, talking about a bunch of stuff, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to later. I think that's just a coach sticking up for his team, right? But, but by, it didn't. It didn't necessarily make any sense by controlling what you say, controlling the the conversation. He amplified it. We would right. not be talking about this if Paul Murray said, oh, "Okay, it's one reporter's opinion. I'm not even going to mention it." Mm. Like well, this doesn't make no offense to Europe, but we, we get stuff like that tweeted about the Leafs all the time. No, he's, it doesn't Mur- make the show. It's not, it, it's, 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 uh, and it's not that Murat stuff's not great, but it's not national attention because a coach goes off in a press conference. Yeah. But, but as he went off like that, he has now taken this, this problem that was already sort of bubbling that we're already sort of questioning going, okay, well, hang on a second here. What is the leadership group there? Like, what are things really like behind the scenes in Winnipeg? What are the, what's what's really going on there? Because there's, there's a lot of rumors now. There's four and, groups he's got to speak to though. Is it the fan base, mm-hmm. the the media, mm-hmm. management, the players? He didn't say that for the first two. He's he's gonna win some fans over and he's gonna alienate some. Uh, the media is gonna be I don't know. It's just their job. But he's what he said was to was for his team. What he said is going to earn him points in the room, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the fact that... Unless they listen to this and realize that he didn't address anything. Well, I mean, he we didn't ruin it. But he didn't. 
And yeah, Blake Wheeler could get a hundred in a hundred points. That's great. But are you, are you, and, and I don't even think I looked at the play. I don't think Blake Wheeler, like when they were talking about that particular play, I think Paul Maurice was right. Uh, I think it was Kyle Connor that dogged it on the way back. It wasn't, I don't, I didn't blame that play on Blake Wheeler one bit. However, I think by talking about it, he made it worse overall. And I think this is, here's the thing, Steve, he might win that moral victory in the dressing room right now. And I know that sometimes coaches do that. So it's like us against the world, but this will keep coming up now. Now we've got two weeks in a row where we're talking about Blake Wheeler in not a, he's the captain of the Winnipeg's thing, Winnipeg Jets and, and good for them. No, I like that name better. The Winnipeg things. The Winnipegs. <laughs> the, do you understand? Like, it's, it's sort of like now, you know, sometimes where it's like, okay, there might actually be some smoke here. Yeah. Mm, I don't, I'm, I'm fascinated. It is one of those things you keep an eye on, right? Like I want to, now I'm interested in the Jets uh, outside of them playing the Leafs. You know what I mean? I want to mm-hmm. see, and particularly break, uh, Blake Wheeler. I want to see how he does. I want to like, what if it gets worse? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It probably now, won't based on those numbers. That's likely as bad as it's going to get. But you know, you don't know. Yep. You don't know. And you're right. It's two straight weeks. It's very, it's in danger of becoming a thing. We talk about this next week. If this comes up next week, it's a thing. It's a thing. And if it comes Jets up is, this month, it's a thing. The Jets' expectation is to make the playoffs. And should it's be. not, it's, it should be, and it's not really trending in that direction. And if it doesn't, then there's going to be some problems. Because well, they started off well, right? I mean, they've done, they've done okay. Well, Jesse, be careful. They're third in the division. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's because but Edmonton, if, Vancouver, and Calgary have just been. Right. If you're even, what are we, almost double digit games in? Like yeah. if you're ranking, if you're ranking the teams in the Canadian division, do you still have Winnipeg in the playoffs? I do. I picked them to make the playoffs. I, I think when you've got a Vesna goalie, I think you're in the playoffs. You should be. I think right now it's Montreal on top. Leafs are probably second. And then it's pretty even three through six. And then there's about a kilometer of manure. And then the Sens. Mm-hmm. They have one win and it was against the Leafs, by I the know. way. We the Leafs could be number one right now if they hadn't lost to the Senators. Yo, they uh, are awful. Yeah, we'll get to that again. Yeah. Uh, but the, I think of Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, and they're sort of in a dead heat. And right yeah. now Winnipeg's on top of that dead heat. I give the edge to Winnipeg uh, at least to be one of the top two teams of those four, mm-hmm. just on virtue of the fact that Connor Hellebuck exists. And you do have Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois on the way. Like, there's a oh. that's a good team. And they remember, they lost Patrick Laine, and they're, they're waiting on a guy. That's the thing. You're, they're a good team, and it's going to be a fight between those four teams for two spots. And if Winnipeg fails to get one of those top two spots out of those four teams, I think it's going to be a disappointment. And Paul Maurice needs to – he's trying he's trying to change the narrative right now to get ahead of that because he doesn't want that to be the end of the season. And hopefully, for Blake Wheeler's sake, the entire team turns it around, including himself. He should have talked about it. Guys, he should have talked about it. He should never have mentioned it. It's a big mistake. I, I thought he went too hard, but now he controls the conversation. He's only got to tread water for about a week mm-hmm. until PLD shows up. Yeah. That's all he's yeah. got to do. So I think he's he's earning points with his team. He's He wants a, a, a united room, and then they're going to introduce uh, the new buck and hopefully go for a run, I'm sure is his thinking, but... That was there were he said some very odd things in there. He did. It was there was like a lot of whoo 
a lot of like twirling. Is, is the implication that re- reporting is why Patrick Laine is no lo- longer there? Like, I, I didn't understand what he was saying. Hmm. Like, uh, is Laine, it's, it's Laine, or sorry, it's reporting's fault that Laine is not there and not Blake Wheeler's, as was the accusation? Like, you know what I mean? It was very odd. Very odd, and I didn't understand it. <sighs> it is a very, very odd thing. Okay, uh, moving on. Toronto and Vancouver tonight. Uh, a lot of odds makers, and I was watching one actually on sportsnet.ca, uh, guys that were, you know, guys that are betting on hockey games. And by the way, betting on hockey to me is just, I know, Jesse, you do it from time to time, right? Um, no, I usually only bet on the NFL. But if you bet on, if you're very knowledgeable about betting on hockey, you get a lot of value out of the games because the lines aren't as scrutinized as NFL lines. So you, if you can find a lot of added value because Vegas isn't watching the NHL as closely as the other major sports. Right. So these guys, it was very funny listening, listening to these guys because these are number guys, right? And the, we built this show to be not a number show. When we built this show, it was like we were tired of, we wanted to hear the show that we didn't hear on the radio. And one of the things we were talking about was like, we don't want to just get on and regurgitate a pile of stats because that doesn't mean anything to anyone. We want to talk about the, the stories and the emotions and things the way we don't understand why this is the way it is. And this is hilarious. And, you know, that's that's how we have built this show. And it's funny that uh, these watching these guys do a completely exactly the opposite of us. They're talking about lines and I already don't understand. I don't bet on sports, so I don't understand when they what they mean when they mean lines and when they're talking about these sorts of things but the guy was like yeah like uh, toronto gets out there and they probably pot two in the first 10 minutes games over and they probably would have five two and blah blah blah, blah. and he's like blah, blah. and i'm like wow what this is a guy that needs to watch more toronto maple leaf games because if you are a leafs fan you know games that you should win or kind of maybe should win like there's definite should win games lost to the Senators. And then there's kind of maybe should win games and you lose to the Oilers. And then there's games where it's like, you cannot, like, this is a big game. And then they beat the Canadians. They have the tendency to rise to the competition and then lower themselves to the competition. That's how this team is played. And Vancouver's kind of unique for the Leafs because they're a very interesting measuring stick. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've had this conversation already. Uh, I think they're the only team the Leafs haven't played. They're the only team the Leafs haven't played. And we're looking at the standings and we're like, yeah, well, I mean, so many of these teams have, you know, they have disproportionate games against these guys or those guys. A lot of Leaf fans have been like, well, Montreal is only in first and only looks so good because they've been beating up on the Canucks. What if the Canucks come out and completely kick the Leafs ass? Well, there's going to be a problem. There goes my argument, you dicks. <laughs> what, exactly. <laughs> what is what was the what's the line on the on the game? I don't know. Oh, Man. I thought you. I thought you. Uh, oh, I'm I not gonna. I don't know. I don't know. You can. We. You. I guess you could look it up. But I. No, I, okay. like, I, I honestly, Jesse, I wouldn't even know how to repeat it back to you. <laughs> it was like they were talking okay. a different language. I have no clue what they're talking about. Um. So. so yeah, so a, okay, go ahead. Leafs what? plus Habs regulation win parlay tonight is plus one nine one. I do not know what that means. Yeah, but what's the uh what do they have to win by? Is it just straight up? Just, uh, just says regulation. Plus one nine one, Jesse. Duh. What are you stupid? God. Yeah. <laughs> I was I God. really thought Jesse would have the answer there. <laughs> and now here I am just with my Is it just a regulation thing? win straight up for both those teams? That's what or I'm under it... the impression of. I do not know. Okay. I am armed those are, with the those information I read. 
That is it. Mm. Those are pretty. Those, those Reading, are pretty. Cool. Readings. You ever regret saying something? <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Vancouver. I mean, listen. This is a team that's. I mean, they've they've lost two in a row, but they went on a three-game winning streak before that. They, they are they're a younger, streakier team. They're still figuring out the goaltending. Uh, Hughes, I think, is back. I think we got Hughes back. We We're starting know. to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was going to happen. He was just like, yeah. it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was that long. It's like 10 games. Who cares? Um, but they're starting to play. Like I think Jim Benning was hoping they would play. I still think that they'd like to see a lot more at a Nate Schmidt. I think they're relying on him to be a pretty big part of that team. And, you know, st- fancy stats aside, because I think Nate Schmidt would out, out, uh, outdo a guy like Chris Tanev in, in fancy stats. You can't underestimate what Chris Tanev was to that dressing room. The guy was there for like 10 years and, and, you know, was a, an emotional leader. And we, and every, everybody knows if you've got a group, a group of friends and there's that one group of like that one person in your friend group, who's kind of like the sparker, he gets things rolling, yeah. he or she gets things rolling. Um, and they move away. Like it's, it's, it does, it does negatively affect the group for a bit. It takes a while to readjust and everybody refines the roles and that sort of thing. And I think, Vancouver's probably going through a little bit of that and they got to get their goaltending sorted out. They had Markstrom last year to rely on. They now don't. There, there is a difference like a, a team like Montreal, for example, and the Leafs, they, they had a lot of, um, there were changes in the room because of additions, mm-hmm. not really subtractions though. Like yeah. Janssen, that's a shame. And I'm sure guys missed him. Kapanen, that's a shame. And I'm sure guys missed him. But when you talk about a guy like Tanev, like he's a he's a staple, and yep. was a staple for a long time, um, or even a guy like Markstrom. Markstrom was there for quite some time too. Yeah. It's it's a loss mentally, and it takes uh, it can take a while to figure out how the damn team plays, you know. And let's not forget, it, there's a smaller version of what's re- remember Engels talking about the Sens. He's like, who's gonna jump on the grenades? The Canucks have vets, right? They do. But they're going through something similar to that conversation, something similar to like what Matthews and Marner went through, sort of, where now Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson are are so early in their NHL careers, but they're being expected to take on these huge roles. Yes. Right? Huge responsibilities, ridiculous expectations. Those guys, Quinn Hughes is expected to be in the Norris conversation, and Pettersson's expected to be in the heart. So listen, Blake That's a Wheeler's, lot. Blake Wheeler's got um, 11 points in 10 games, but Quinn Hughes has 14 in 13 games. And so, Quinn Hughes went through almost the exact same start where yeah, he yeah. was getting his points, but he was getting caved in five on five mm-hmm. and no one freaked out and no one felt the need to defend him. His game just improved without it, incident. It went, what is it? Regress to the mean? Something went like back that. To where it was regress um, to Quinn Hughes. Well, and, and the, he's back to being Quinn Hughes. When we talk about the, like the, I mentioned the goalies too, cause I don't want Canucks fans in my mentions talking about how the Canucks goalies are better. When I say that the Canucks need to figure out their goaltending situation um, or anybody needs to figure out any situation, you don't need to come back at me with, but the Leafs, because I'm not talking about in comparison to the Leafs. No. I'm just talking. And so uh, for the Canucks, Thatcher Demko, even with the 363 goals against average, which is a questionable stat at best, 909 save percentage and it's improving. But the thing is, he and Braden Holtby have almost even split the games. And I don't know who's starting tonight. I think it's Holtby. Demko. It is Demko. Demko. Okay, so he's going to have eight games and Holtby will have six then after tonight's game. 
assuming he doesn't get chased. It's a, it's a pretty even sort of start. I mean, you look at their, uh, the only metric that's insanely different is that Braden Holpe has an 896 and Thatcher Demko has a 909. And that would tell you who's, who's the starting goaltender. And that's what you mean. That's what I mean by figuring out the goaltending situation. You need to figure out who's playing when, who is the guy when the games are tough against a tough team. And the Leafs are a tough team for the Canucks. The Leafs are number two right now. They're trying, yep. they're fighting for number one. This game matters to the Leafs. Who is your starter? Who's the guy you're going to rely on? And when Markstrom left, they had to figure that out. And it looks like they're starting to, and we all thought it might be Thatcher Demko anyway. Uh, but it's, it's looking more and more like that's the case. And I think, um, you know, the, the amount of change that the team has seen, it's crazy. Uh, but I did want to bring up this tweet because Canucks fans, even though they've been improving, Canucks fans are still not happy. Now, Mr. Booth underscore seven. You remember this? Had a week. He had a week. So he, <laughs> so he was the one that posted the conversation with the what we, everybody thought was the um, Tony D'Angelo burner account which we didn't really talk about last episode because it was like we knew it was sort of fake but it was very funny anyway and uh you can go look it up if you want to however mr booth just had a great tweet about 25 minutes ago and i want to read this to you is that okay yeah he said do it first line 12 million second line 10.5 million first pair d 3 million it's pretty good right it's mm-hmm. good money mm-hmm. Bottom six in healthy scratches, $27 million. Holy shit. And goalies, $5 million. Oh. oh. And then he said, he finished it with, someone who is good at the economy, please help me budget this. My NHL franchise is dying. I love that. I love that, <laughs> that drill <laughs> tweet. Um, yeah, I, for, I thought you were going to, I thought that was going to be made into a Leafs chirp. Like, ah, look Same. how cheap our first line it, is and it would be it and would be. wow did it turn around fast it would be a great leafs chirp if they hadn't if they if jim benning just put the phone down on july 1st in 2018 and 2019 they wouldn't be here yeah just it's, put the phone no, down jim that's not what you do you're not good at bottom their bottom their bottom six is far 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 too expensive far too expensive and a, didn't brandon last, sutter have a hat trick this year <laughs> Did, yeah, but, I remember when uh, Jay Beagle scored like an overtime winner in the playoffs uh, in October or whatever. Everyone or, goes, see? Everybody's like, see, Jay Beagle, worth it. No. No, man. Still not. <laughs> Still not, Still not worth it. Uh, probably, what is he, the highest paid third or fourth liner in the NHL? He's got to be. It's big money. Maybe mm, No, Jeff Skinner. <laughs> Jeff Skinner. Oh, boy. Oy, there's, a, there's a conversation when the Sabres come back. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't think things are as bad as Vancouver Canucks fans tend to make it. I mean, this is still a really good hockey team that's figuring it out and they're young, but uh, it'd be very interesting to see what happens tonight. And uh, what, what Steve? Well, if, if I didn't know any better, um, just following all the fan bases in the Canadian division, I'd think there were six bad teams. And the Habs. And then the Habs. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what, we're great. <laughs> like, no, but like, there's, there are six fan bases who thinks their team is bad. Mm-hmm. And the Habs, who are surprised their team is good. You know what oh, I mean? No, Steve, they knew. They knew. There's a few that. No, stuck. they're not surprised. Yeah. They knew. Yeah. No, but the, a lot of them are like, we're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no one. They are they're good. not saying it with their chest. Leafs are seven, two, and one, and no one cares. 
Well, no expect- one cares. I'll be honest with you. And no, this is no offense to Montreal fans. The Leafs' expectations uh, should be that. Like, they, it's not, it's, that's yeah. what it should be. That's yeah. what it needs to be. But, like, for Leafs fans mentally, they cannot win games in May in February. Yes. It's impossible. <laughs> yes. So, like, I don't know, just enjoy the process, I guess is all I'm saying. I'm with you. I don't care. If they, like if they're winning uh, junk food games, like they were basically all of last year, we know it's going to end in failure. I don't think that's the way it's been. Sorry, I just made it about the least. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Canadian fans. Well, it, chill. And let's let's also say this: the Canucks, for their part, have been beaten up on by the Canadians. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you get beaten up on, it has the effect of making you better. Right? Have they been beaten I, up on by the Canadians or just? Are the Almost Canadians exclusively better? Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> oh man, oh man, that Tyler Toffoli's been unbelievable, especially against the Canucks. Unbelievable, man. Jim Benning just nineteen hit me, twenty hit me, twenty-one hit me, twenty-two bus. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's basically how his summers have gone. He, do you see the quote? Like, oh, he just ran out of time to sign Tyler Toffoli. No, he ran out of money. Oh, you ran you ran out of money. Thank you, Adam. Mm-hmm. You ran out of cap space. For anybody that wants to debate me on his July 1st moves, if you hadn't made the July 1st that he moves that he'd been making, and there have been tons of Canucks fans who've been like, no, they were pretty good. I'll tell you why. Uh to- really? Tyler Toffoli would still be a Canuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, that's gone away significantly since. But mm-hmm. I remember the Jay Beagle contract specifically. I was like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. And people were like, well, wait a second, you don't know. I was like, okay. I think we know. And Tyler Toffoli has eight goals against the Canucks and one against the rest of the NHL. Oh no. my God. <laughs> so, oh my God. There you go. He put up two. Uh, well, he started to see a hat trick versus Vancouver, then two, ga- two goals, then one against Calgary, then one against Vancouver, then two more. So, yeah. Okay. Hold wait. on then. That means then that if he was with the Canucks, he'd only have one goal. That's so that's wait, exactly so how wait, that works out. Eight own goals. <laughs> so wait, so wait. Tafoli leads the league in goals, by the way, with nine. Yeah, eight are if against you, the Canucks. If you just included his goals against the Canucks, he'd be tied for first. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. 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 Good for good for Tafoli. You like seeing that though. Like that's a part oh, of sports. Yeah. A guy sticking it to his ex team, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think Pedersen was uh, laughing about it. He's like, "You'd be sure, sure, great if you just save some of that for some other teams." Like, I'm pretty sure that was the quote. <laughs> pretty funny. You pretty know, funny. we give the Oilers grief for giving up a bunch of the deadline and then not re-signing anybody. Um, like with the fantasy, you the Canucks because they won a round and a half mm-hmm. against Vegas do not get nearly enough grief for that. Spending a fortune on Tyler Toffoli and then having him be their nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, my God. Eight goals? Yeah. Eight? Guys, can you do this? Can you tell me something? Who is the number one team in the NHL in terms of winning percentage? The Florida Panthers. I I think the Florida Panthers, yes. Hasn't changed. It hasn't changed because they... uh, 
and I, I'm happy for Florida fans, but I, I, I did see a few of them in my mentions today. There's a lot of conversations just happening now. In my, that's how you know hockey season's happening, mm-hmm. where you're just tagged in a bunch of shit and people are yapping at each other, and I have no idea what the conversation's saying. But there's some Florida Panthers fans who are like, hey, wait a second. We knew. And we're oh. like, no, you didn't. But no. <laughs> they no, also lead the league in attendance. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I put is something we never expected. I put the yep. same asterisk on that as their league leading record. You know, <laughs> you know what, Jesse, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> now they have still only played six games, which was the same as uh, last show. Uh, can you tell me who's number two in winning percentage? Is it Dallas? Jesse, I know Vegas early on, but they've fallen off a little. Vegas is in the top 10, but they are not there. They're not even top five. Was I right with those? You were not. Damn. Carolina. Oh, 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 great. Here's where we're going with this. All right. Let's hear it, Adam. James Reimer. James Reimer has been unbelievable this season. Tell me about it, Jesse. Let's I've I've noticed. And it's a topic of conversation. Man, if only there was a decade-long <laughs> track record that we could have followed to predict this. If only there was a decade's worth of great goaltending. What I love about James Reimer is... Everything! He's adorable. Uh, Sorry. Every, te- every, every five to seven years, he rears his head and goes, Hey, I play goalie, too. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> He's uh he's only had four starts and in each of those four starts he's undefeated. He's four and zero with a nine fifteen. And we're happy for James. That's a very good start to the season for James Reimer. <laughs> yeah, it friggin' is. All right. Yeah, it friggin' is. But I kept like, getting sent the same uh, Sarah Sivian tweet that which I was what? looking for. It was basically over his last twenty games. I think he's got sixteen wins. Wow. wow. Something just preposterous. That's like amazing. That. Yeah. Last so season, good. last season in 25 games, he went 14 and six. Yeah. Here, 14, here six and two. Sarah Sivian. Oh. Roses are red. It's a little bit funny. James Reimer is six, two and two in his last 20. That's good. It's a good. Tweet. And then everyone sent it to me. Six, two and two. 16, two, 16, two and two. Oh, okay. Did that's, I say um, yeah. that's pretty good. Is it? Is it? Well, I see, mean, it's oh, no, that's American good. It's Canadian bad. I have a question. Though. We'd be talking about he's having a bad season if he played. Jesse, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So James Reimer's playing great. Mm-hmm. But so did David Ayers. So my question is. <laughs> what? <laughs> is it that James Reimer is this good or is Carolina's defense probably the best in the league with my favorite defenseman, Jacob Slavin? It, it helps when you play goalie behind a very good defense score. I'm just going to apologize uh, to Doug for in advance. I'm going to break quarantine. I'm driving down to Adam's house, and I'm going to kick him straight in his booty. Right. I think if I had a Vesna vote, mm-hmm. I'd probably go to James Reimer right now. Would it? Yeah, 4 no. Mm. Can't beat that. Undefeated. <laughs> can't Clearly can't beat that. <laughs> can't get a puck past it. Can't, uh, try. You can't. It, you know, the jokes aside, though, that's the exact kind of team that you want going into the playoffs. A team that plays structured, incredible defense, and Carolina does. And it's, you know, and, and I'm not taking anything away from James Reimer. I only do that to needle Steve. Yes. James has played great. 
But let's not pretend that Carolina's defense isn't the best in the league. It has to be. Well, to back they up Adam's point. much better defense core. To back up Adam's point, Peter Morazic is now out um, with thumb surgery. Uh, but in the four games that he played, he actually leads the NHL in save percentage. Mm-hmm. Wow. With a 955, which I'm just going to go ahead and say is not sustainable. But he is a 955. Adam, do you remember who was in net? Uh, for the game we went to on your bachelor party, it was, that? Uh, was it was Montreal, Detroit, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Peter Morazic. got shelled. It was like eight to one, wasn't it? Ten one. Ten one. Honestly, 10-1. we were there. That could have been. Uh, my ears were ringing for days. Um, as as uh, as much as I hate to say it, that is the second most fun I've ever had at a Leafs or at a non-Leafs. Word, sorry, just at a hockey game. I think the top game I ever went to was the game where Gary Roberts scored in triple overtime. Second is Montreal in the bachelor party. Mm. Number three, Stanley Cup finals, game four, uh, Nashville, and uh, whoever the hell else played. Pittsburgh. I know. But you know the team that ended up winning the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but we got to see a Nashville win, and that and was I great. Had coffee beer. Just to back up your point on Carolina there, Adam, the Carolina uh, Carolina Hurricanes lead the league in uh, goals against. They've only allowed 13 goals all season. Uh, next closest is Florida, who's only played six games, and they've allowed 15 goals. Now, and Carolina's then, only played seven. Yes. that's But still, their goals like against... Vancouver's played 14. Like, we got a, yes. a little the, bit of context. Their goals against per game, I'm getting to that, their goals against per oh, game is 1.86. And they wow. lead the league in that. And second place is Tampa at 2.13. So and they would literally run through a door for their head coach, too. Like, they, things are coming together in Carolina. T- Tampa's got – I know Tampa is Tampa, and I know they won the Cup. But, ooh, if you're Tampa, do you want to play Carolina? When you're a high-powered offense, do you want to play the Panther – or, sorry, the uh, Hurricanes in the, in the playoffs? I don't know what I do. Did you see what they did to the poor, poor Detroit Red Wings? <laughs> well, that's they're Detroit's barely a team <laughs> at this point. They were down Detroit would have been less than five minutes. Oh boy, I man, I decided I guess before the season to be Mister Nice Guy, and I'm like, watch Detroit and Ottawa, they might catch you off guard. <laughs> nope, they both suck. Yeah. They are both. Awful. My God. I looked at Detroit's roster heading into last night and I went, I went to bat for that. Like they're still hiding all their good young players. We told you, by the way, we told you. Oh, you were right. You were. (laughs) Did you see that tweet? It's been over 400 days since a goalie not named Jonathan Bernier won a game for the Red Wings. I didn't see that. Yeah, wow. Jimmy Howard in late 2019 won a game for Detroit. And that was the last time. He's retired now, hasn't he? Yeah. Has he retired? Yeah, well, he retired after he played about a full season with the Red Wings after retiring. And then he formally did it a few days ago. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. Boy, he was. That's not That's not nice. Dude, he lost his last 20 NHL games. Wow. Man. Something like that. That reminds me of Jerome McGinley's last season. Oh, man. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'm. 
I'm coming down there. I'm coming down. Doug, I'm sorry. I'm coming down there. <laughs> I'm poking fun at the two nicest people in the sport, Jerome McGinley and James Reimer, only because it bothers Steve. Only because it bothers Steve. <laughs> I'm going to kick you right in your booty. Um, yeah. Well, listen, you couldn't miss. There's a lot of booty to kick. So Carolina, really good. Senators, really bad. Now, I want to I preface what this conversation with just the fact that this year, 2021 was the year that Eugene Melnick and the management group in Ottawa pegged as the year that they would go on a quote unprecedented run of success where they would spend to the cap and where they would be incredible. 2021 to 2026 was the target. Now I understand that five-year plans change every day, but the senators are not even spending money, which I know the pandemic can change things too, but come on, they're last in the league. They don't have to be last in the league, do they? And I guess they do. And they are super bad. The Leafs did lose to them. But Dom LeCision, and I love this tweet, has them right now at a 97% chance to finish last in the division already. Good God. That's how as bad the Ottawa Senators are. They got to reacquire Andrew Hammond. (laughs) I don't know. They got to go on some sort of magical Hamburglar run. Trivia question for you, Steve. Without mm. looking at the standings. Ooh, okay. Okay. Jesse, do you have the standings in front of you? Do not look at them. No, no. Okay, no, no. good, good. How many points do the Ottawa Senators have this year, guys? I know this. Two. How many? Oh, three. Jesse says two. Steve says three. They have three points in 10 games. That is three out of 20. <sighs> that's not, like, that's bad. That's really bad. And here's the thing. Wow. You, you go out and you spend $20, 25000000 million on Matt Murray. It's not worked out so far. Now, to be fair to Matt, defense isn't pretty good. Like it's it's pretty bad actually. It, uh, and then without Shabbat, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Then you got this guy Brandstrom that you should have played, and that you got for Mark Stone. And remember, Montreal traded Max Pacioretty around that same time, and they got Nick Suzuki, and he looks really good. You got Brandstrom, which everybody was high on at the time, and DJ Smith just doesn't like him. That's I, that was the tweet at TSN coaches, Simmer. Man. Coaches are something doesn't else. Doesn't like them. And it, it, the, well, and here's the thing: this is the time. If you're one, eight and one, the time is to go. Well, let's see what we got. Let's give them some reps. Who cares? What are you playing for? You're playing for next year and the year after and the year after. You're developing players, and you're not going to let a guy who was what a top five draft pick wasn't he? He was very high. Very high. Highly touted guy for a reason. You're not going to get him into a game. And apparently he is finally playing a game tonight. Well, and you could say, well, no, you couldn't. I was going to say, you could say the same thing about Rasmus Sandin, but we're talking about two teams in completely different spots. Um, the, Ra- the Leafs are playing for now. It's incredibly difficult because like, okay, so let's say the Sens plan and the Red Wings plan or similar to the Red Wings is we're going to protect our young guys by not making them play in this dog turd year. Yeah. Where are they going to play? If they're not in Europe, like the AHL, it was supposed to start tomorrow, I think. And that has since changed. We still don't have a time frame on that, do we? No, it's, it sounds like they're working on an all Canadian division for the AHL, which would be amazing but um we're now coming up on nearly a full year for some of these guys without getting into a hockey game what was the last hockey game uh, rasmus sandin played it was against his own team 
the blue and white game. And then before that, when was it? Yeah, but you know, the Leafs are winning. The Leafs are winning. So Brandstrom, when the hell was it for him? How are, like, I wonder if everyone, like, you know, Scott Wheeler does his uh, prospect pool rankings. I wonder if any, if, if everyone's got to adjust their expectations for how prospects are going to develop right now. Um, because to me, it's impossible any of them will be where you expect them to be because they have not played the sport they profess in. Mm-hmm. They are professionals. I but wonder, again, actually, haven't played for over a year. On that track, Steve, I wonder what happens to first round, round picks in the future. Are they going to be as good as the first round picks we've seen for the last five years, especially the top five? Because they're not playing. You lose a year of hockey at 16 or 17 years old. In, in drafting terms, normal terms, if you get injured for that amount of time, you're, you fall. You fall enormously. Now everybody's falling. And here's the thing. The NHL, as a, as a whole, is still pretty good. So the talent level might not be enough, or it might take a lot longer. I wonder if that affects overall, in the next few years, the value of a first-round pick. We'll see. By the way, the AHL season kicks off this weekend for the American teams, and the Canadian bubble, it has not had a a start date yet. So they were supposed to start along with the American teams this weekend, but it's been delayed, and they haven't released a new start date. So the Canadian AHL teams got to wait. But the American ones kick it off on Saturday. There you go. I'm sure it's a logistical nightmare, but the like the Canucks farm team following them around, the Marlies following the Leafs around, like, God, that'd be great. That'd be great. Be awesome. I just, I don't know how you make it happen, but if you can, if you can, it'd be sick. Wouldn't it be great to have early afternoon hockey? Like you have it at like the games at noon or it's at three and then, you know, it's done and then hockey and then you got it like an hour for dinner and then hockey night in Canada kicks off. Adam, speaking give my language. That. Yeah, give, give me, me that. that. Give me that. I mean, especially us lockdown people. What else do we do? We've watched all the shows. Um, now, you guys saw Steve. Steve told me about this on the phone because I actually missed this goal, but I went back and watched it. Jesse, have you seen the goal where Marcus Hogberg was not in the net? Uh, no, I don't okay. know what you're referring to. All right. So, Jesse, let me ask you something. If you haven't seen this goal, please look this up, but don't worry about that yet, Jesse. Okay. Jesse, when you're playing goalie, what what's your number one thing that you wanted to do? What, what do they always talk about with goalies? And it's okay if you don't get this question right, but usually the thing is, for most goaltenders, what is the most important thing at all times? Uh, seeing the puck? Close. That's two. Positioning. It's in the name. It's in the name goaltender. Tending your goal. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> so what would, and I'm, uh, again... You don't have to get this exactly, but what would tending your goal entail, Jesse? Where do you need to stand? Uh, uh, remaining in front of the net. Ah, yes. between the two posts, you see. Ideally. Mm-hmm. Right. Steve, do you mind looking up the screen grab? Uh, is it Dominic Cahoon who scored? No, it was Leon Dreisaitl, um, okay. who's he's just he's not going to miss. Um, Jesse, and- you're not, you've never seen anything like this at the NHL level. No, and I've never seen a shooter's body language uh, just be like, really? Like, he was, like, offended that this was what he had to shoot at. I can't find the screen grab, Jesse, but I have the actual goal. Okay. sent it to you. So just watch it in real time. I want to hear Jesse's reaction. JFR. 
Yeah. Jesse fan reaction. JBFR. Like, dry sidle. He's offended that he scored this goal right now. He's upset. It's it's loaded in here. He didn't even plan on shooting. He wasn't going to shoot. But he's just like, well, I got got new guy over here. (laughs) Why was he doing that? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know where the posts were. Drysaddle was like oh, sad. No. So if you're describing this goal, Leon Drysaddle is coming up the right wing. He's on the right side, and it's a tough angle because normally goalies have that <laughs> angled off. Unfortunately, Senators' backup goalie Hogberg, Hogberg, excuse me, is a little too far to the left and has opened the entire other half of the net up. And Leon Drysaddle is not going to miss that. Is not going to miss that. By the way, that goofy that game was goofy between the Oilers and Sens, eh? Eight five. What a crazy. <laughs> yeah, stuff. and the uh, the Oilers outshot or the Oilers. The Senators outshot the Oilers all game. It was like thirty to fifteen or something like that. Well, because and, they were losing the whole. Game. No, so Friedman wrote about that and he said it wasn't score effects. He said they outchanced and outshot the Oilers all game long. They just couldn't get a save. They, they just couldn't get bad. anything. Yeah. Now the uh, the thing I wanted to bring up is I feel bad. And Steve and I talked about this on the phone separately a couple nights ago because we have little conversations. Brady Just Kachuk. Chat. Brady Kachuk. Mm. Your thoughts on Brady Kachuk, Steve, in this position that he's in? Well, so... You feel bad for him, right? Uh, yes, because... And, and again, you know, young guy expected to do everything for a team that just stinks, right? Like, we've seen this before in Toronto, trust me. But Matthew Kachuk, similar player... Scores, you know, he's, he's one of his team's top scorers. Hmm. He's one of his team's top hitters, one of his team's top agitators. He is a gritty pest, right? Mm-hmm. Helps his team win, mm-hmm. right? Brady Kachuk, <laughs> like he's just, when you're, when you're the exact same type of player as Matthew, but you're on a garbage team. I feel like sometimes you're in danger of having the perception of you change and you're just some sort of goon. Basically. Did you see the nonsense he tried to pull at the end of that one sends game where he pulled like some Cobra Kai kick after going for a hit on Adam Larson? What was that? What was that? I, the sends are a trap game because they're barely an NHL team. The Mm -hmm. the way they look. Um, But they're also a trap game in because they have Brady Kachuk and other tough guys there to enable him, mm-hmm. they're going to hurt people. People are going to get hurt this season, and it's going to be bad. It's and if you were bad. the Leafs and you're playing the Sens, what, what's your strategy? Uh, <sighs> score early uh-huh. and just hold on to it, I guess. Well, score early and keep your stars off the ice. Oh, right. I was going to say, yeah, sorry. Final five minutes that your stars cannot see the ice. Because it's – and Matthew does this too um, when his teams – no, Matthew is more inclined to help the Flames try to win. Kachuk is just going to – or Brady Kachuk, sorry, is just going to run around. Because there's no one there to help him. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no one there to help. Now watch the Sens are going to have like some big comeback win against the Leafs. I'm sure. But all. to this point, let's be fair. It hasn't happened. Now, I want to throw this out there. Brady's got seven points in 10 games. Unimpeachable, you might say. That's wild for the It's Sens. actually pretty good. I yeah. want you guys to stop looking at the stats for just a second. Okay. No. Who is second in Ottawa scoring this year? Oh, 
my God. I think I know the answer. Name someone. Nikita Zaitsev. Nikita no. Zaitsev. No, Am I right? No. No? Oh. No, no. In, in points. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> in points, it is Josh Norris. Nikita Zaitsev did have that one game, and everybody's like, see, Toronto, Nikita Zaitsev's good. No, he's not. No. Uh, he's not. Like, come on. It's like Cody C. Everybody's going to have a game. Uh, so it's Josh Norris. Who is number three? This is even more perplexing. On the Sens? Yep. Number three in scoring. More perplexing. Mm-hmm. This one will shock you. Eric Branson. Okay. Jesse? Uh, Branistrom. No, he hasn't played a game. Exactly. Uh, it is. <laughs> that would shock me. Yeah, that would that would be shocked. How did he do it? It's crazy. I'd be shocked. Uh, <laughs> the answer is Austin Watson. Oh, okay. What? With five points in ten games, Austin Watson. Okay, so maybe there's something to that. Even somebody's got a score. Team, someone's got Where a score. Where is wow. um? Where's Gelchenyuk on that list? Oh boy, he's not he's playing on the fourth tonight. Line man. Even oh he's my not God! Tonight, really? He's out, he's oh, out tonight. Uh, yeah, Cedric Paquette's in. What happened? Uh, yeah. And yeah, Galchenyuk has played three games this year. How many points does Galchenyuk have, guys? Zero. Yeah. Has Jesse? he has he scored at all? He scored a goal. <laughs> that's it. Just that, one. Yeah, just that's one it. Goal. Oh, boy, uh, that's pretty rough. Now, Galch, uh, Galch, buddy. And you know that looks what looks really bad is Evgeny Dad Dadinov, who was a pretty good get for them, and he's got two points. Uh, in, or sorry, three points in 10 games, one goal, two assists. Not good. Not good. No. Now, here's another fun stat thing, and I just finished telling you that this this uh, uh, this show is not built on stats, and I'm going to get a bunch of people <laughs> tweeting at me going, oh, stats! All you we did was stats about. trivia for oh, last hour. stats <laughs> trivia! <laughs> sorry to get all complicated, guys. Adam, you need to provide context. What are these points that you speak of? <laughs> There are two teams in the NHL who have scored less than the Ottawa Senators. Two teams. Detroit? Sorry. No? No, That's actually, there's not. You know what? There's not two teams. It's more. Let me let me just let me oh. fix that for you. Are you doing okay, goals on. per game? You got to do I'm, goals no, per game. No, I'm just yeah. doing goals. No, because this oh. that is not fair because Ottawa's oh. played like. Well, okay. <laughs> It's got to be goals per game. Oh, my God. Okay, let me look it up. Hey, okay. Adam, does your idea suck? Goals per game. Because if, if Florida's played six games and Ottawa's played 11, how are we comparing? Well, that? Florida actually has scored more goals. I'm just throwing that out there. But I'm just okay. going to. Then the Sens? Yes. <laughs> oh, sad. wow. Okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> this sucks. I hate this. Now. If Ottawa ends up with the worst points percentage in NHL history, mm-hmm. how do we oh. rank them because they didn't play an 82 game schedule? Like, it, who the worst? They're the worst team. The, the per, points percentage wise, if they are the worst team, then they're the worst team. Because the worst team of all time is uh, it's Ottawa or is it Colorado? I forget. No, it was the well. Depends. Like if you're talking Quebec, I think. Right. Like no, no, no. The the worst team ever was the the Capitals from I want to say it was seventy three or seventy four. Yes, you're right. They had like eight wins Mm -hmm. or something like in eighty games. Like it was. Mm The Sens are going to luck their way into eight wins. But that's my hypothetical. If, If they finish with like five wins. 
in 56, do we rank them lower than that Caps team? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 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 Now, let me ask you this. Let me rephrase the question because the question didn't work. You're right. There's too much of a fluctuation in the in the in the goals. And actually, the Senators are in the, believe it or not, not in the bottom ten in goals for this year. And Florida has scored two less goals than the Sens this year. To correct myself. Wow. So Florida, who has played half the amount of games, has scored almost the same amount of goals. I'm going to call you an idiot in your DMs. There are yeah, two teams moron. that have scored less than twenty goals this year total. One has played 11 games. The other has played nine. So they're right on par with the Sens there. Most of the league has played between nine and 12 games. Who are those teams? No looking it up. But all this clicking is so, not me looking it up. It's I'm uh, calling you an idiot. What's, <laughs> what's the question? The question is, there are two teams <laughs> who have played an average amount of games this year. Okay. With goals for under 20. They are okay. one and two at the bottom. One is Detroit. Okay. I say Detroit as well. Okay. And Steve, let's put our brains together. Now it's not uh, Ottawa. You know that. It's not Ottawa. Okay, Jess, Jesse, how okay. close is this bit to which Russian players are beast? It's very close. But it's not. Close. It's, it's not even close. Get out of here. Uh, it is not. It's, a, it's not there. It. That was the worst thing of all time. That was oh, the I know. Capitals. That was the Capitals. No, no. Bit. I think I, I want to go back but, to Steve's wow. story from last episode. You know, that guy I played hockey with. No, Steve, we don't. Uh, <laughs> you know what's great? I looked him up and now I don't remember. Um, oh, that's funny. Who's the other team? Uh, Canucks. Sabres? Oh, should have said them. But yeah. The two teams are, at 11 games, Anaheim, 19 <laughs> goals. And, and this is not a surprise at all, the New York Islanders at nine games, 19 goals overall. Oh, because they I'm don't sure score. they allowed 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. not their <laughs> philosophy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're when did the Ducks um, become a team no one cares about? Well, that was quick. Uh, they've always quick been exciting. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they've always been at least worth watching. Yeah, I think they're just going through a rebuild. Mm-hmm. And John Gibson's still good. Okay, two teams with the worst goal differential. Ottawa. Ought to be Vancouver. No, no, seriously. No, Steve, answer it honestly. Jesse's got I am, because they got lit up in the games that they lost. Oh, they won 8 1 that one no, time, though. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got to be Ottawa. And, and um, obvious, come on. Obvious Ottawa, Detroit? Yes, Ottawa, Detroit. Oh, okay. Ottawa has a negative 24 goal differential. Wow. Already? Yes. Detroit has a negative 19 differential. Ottawa's points percentage is a 0. .150. Detroit is a 0. .273. It's bad. Okay. It's bad. There are two teams, honestly... I know, I know the Leafs finished last a few years ago, and I, I would totally uh, be for this, but I feel like there, I would be so for the NHL doing relegation like the EPL does. I would be so <laughs> for that. So for that. You want to get rid of this whole tanking situation? That's how you do it. What's, so, the, uh, what's Ottawa's points percentage? 150. Oh. So 150. Oh, okay. So the Washington Capitals of 74 75, their points percentage was 131. Whoa! They were eight sixty seven and five. Whoa! Oh my God! Okay, wow. So they're Ottawa's flirting with history here. Uh, so far, 
Well, uh, I mean, fifteen so percent of their they're they're getting fifteen percent of their points right now. They got a lot of games with the Leafs left. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if the Leafs help them out. Um, okay, shit. so let's get. They're really bad, and the thing is, is that I don't know when this turns around for them. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's some there's certain teams where you're like silver bullet. Detroit's hiding its better players, right? Is Ottawa doing that? Uh, they drafted a lot of guys. I think they just, I don't know if they're hiding them as much as they just planned on being bad. Fair enough. Okay. Well, we're going to be following it now. All right. Let's do the press conference. I think I have press conference music. The Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. All right. First question. Have you ever watched Billions? We never talked about that. No, we yeah, didn't. What, ha- what happened? Um, when we were doing the breakdown of the that guy who was crazy on CNBC, Scott Galloway, uh, I read a tweet from somebody, and it was like, oh, these people are connected, but it was actually just the plot of Billions. But I've never seen Billions. <laughs> Funny. I've so, never seen it. Uh, I've never uh, even had a friend be like, have you seen Billions? Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. We got a lot of listeners, apparently, who are big fans of Billions and understood apparently. the tweet, and I did not. So okay. I should watch Billions, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You gotta be honest. It was pretty it was funny. funny. Yeah, yeah funny. in hindsight, it's pretty funny. Um, Adam, a lot of people uh, were asking Uh-oh. because of a tweet you sent out today. Oh, you uh, idiot. They said, you why? Can anything, idiot. by the way, can anything with me ever be good? No. no. Can it ever be? No. I can never no. enjoy this, no. this segment. I always get anxiety because of what I'm never throwing, what's, what's being thrown at me. Go. Yeah, so uh, more people who hate Adam Wilde tweeted in mass. Uh, why doesn't Adam wash his mass? Well, I'll tell you what happened. My mask smells like my uh, my grandparents' house, which specifically smelled like their shag carpeting from the 70s. I don't know when my grandparents became so cool. But back in the day in Calgary, uh, just off uh, Crowfoot Trail, they had a house and it was decked out in burnt orange carpet, various shades of burnt orange carpet, specifically shag. If you know anything about shag carpeting, you know, pretty tough to uh, vacuum. And after 30 years, it starts to smell. And I don't think they noticed it because you become nose blind to your own house, but I certainly did. And that's how my mask smelled today. And I think it's probably because it was in, it's my backup mask. So I rotate my masks um, and I've got like three or four virgin radio masks. And this one was just one that had been sitting in my pocket too long. And I was like, well, I should probably wash that. And somebody Sitting in your like, unwashed hey. frozen jeans. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, I'm wearing, my, I'm wearing my Lulus, man. I wear Lululemons every day. I haven't worn jeans in like a year. Um, mm. And I do wash my Lululemon pants because you can because mm. it's not denim. So That question came in from Kyle and uh, Zachary. So uh, just, You're Zach. just breathing in your own coffee breath. Just <sighs> hey, garlic. Steve. Is there a reason why you're sending abusive DMs to me right now? Yeah. So Steve is, you want to read? Can I read what Steve wrote to me? No. Here, wait, I'm still sending you an own. Okay. He's just, (laughs) he wrote, you're an idiot, stupid. And this was about 15 minutes ago. And then he wrote a minute ago, absolute dickhead. And then he said, stupid moron. Way to go. Way to know nothing, asshole. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I thought it was going to be worse than that. No, so. no, it's okay, just him being. Okay. Yeah, this is how he answers the phone. He's like, what, idiot? Uh, and <laughs> uh, next question. Good have uh, your DMs open, stupid. <laughs> next question. This one, uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. Can you do a few minutes or whatever you got on Colorado? 
Nick would like to hear about that because he feels that their start has felt a bit mediocre. <laughs> well, uh, if I can offer my thoughts on that, let me bring up a daily face-off just so I know what we're dealing with with the uh, Avs because they have, I believe, a number of players in protocol um, and also a ton of injured players. So I have them winning the Stanley Cup this year. I think they're the best roster in hockey. It's them or the Lightning. To me, they're the two teams to beat. Right now, ooh, ooh, my Lord, this is not the team that I said would win the Stanley Cup. Uh, their first line is Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen on the wings. Mm-hmm. That's good. JT Comfer as their center. Nothing against him, but he ain't Nathan McKinnon. Uh, Saad Kadri Burakovsky stays together. Uh, Nakushkin, Yost Donskoy. Um, they got Bowen Byram, who I expect big things out of, but he's on the top pair. Uh, it just it just feels like, doesn't it feel familiar to you, Avalanche fans, uh, going through all of this, not having guys in the lineup, not being able to stay healthy, not being, they're already a goalie down too. It's just brutal, but that if there's ever a team that should not panic based on a mediocre start, it's the Colorado Avalanche. They're going to figure it out. They're going to get better. Who cares where they finish in the regular season? Honestly. Other than than in the playoffs. Just finish in the playoffs. That's it. You're probably going to want to secure home ice advantage over one of the other monsters you're going to play because you're going to play. What does that matter? St. Louis and Vegas. and Steve, nobody's in the stadium. Who cares? Oh my God. Sorry. My door just opened and it's Iggy scared the crap out of me. Um, uh, Hey buddy, how you doing? Uh, No, the the avalanche are going to be totally fine. I don't even know where they are in the standings because it doesn't matter. They're they're still going to be one of the best teams in the league. Uh, This is a wild one. It comes from uh, Kay Burley on Twitter. A question for the next podcast. I'm expecting my first baby on the fifth tomorrow at the time of this tweet. Congratulations. However, if the baby isn't delivered until the 10th, my girlfriend and I bet that the game between the Leafs and Canadians would determine who our baby grows up with greater influence cheering for. Oh, no. How worried should I be about this Habs team? If you're a Leafs fan, you should be a little worried. It's a good team. It's a very good team. And if we're being honest, when the Leafs did beat the Habs, which they did do, who really outplayed who? Man, you know what you're super not going to be concentrating on? <laughs> that game. <laughs> That's true. That's In my true. experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, honey, the least one. The- Shut up! You did this to me! Like, <laughs> I just. <laughs> yeah, bud. Um, it's a cool idea and everything. Maybe wait a few weeks before you bring it up, though. Yeah, you're gonna have to look that game. Four months. Wait four months after the baby's born. You know the Leafs did win that game. (laughs) It's maybe maybe wait. Congratulations, dude! But uh, you're about to do a whole lot of no thinking about that game. Uh, Friends of mine just had a baby, and they have that that just had a baby look. Like they're okay. They're making it. But like when you see them on FaceTime, you're like, oh, God, like I remember that it gives me a pit in my stomach, which is why I'm like, this was great, but I'm never doing this again. And I didn't even have to carry the baby. Um, Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just the first six months are a slog. There's no question about it. And it was enough to make me go one time's fine. 
So I don't think I, I agree with Steve. Uh, I don't think you're going to be thinking about the game, but better hope for the Leafs winning because we don't need another Habs fan in this world. Okay. There's already enough of him on Twitter. You know, just speak your truth, Adam. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Our second to last question comes from uh, a Fots friend of the show, Mahesh. Hey, Mahesh. Hey. Oh, we know Mahesh. Yeah, up, he's, Mahesh? A, he's a Fots. He is a Fots. So Mahesh writes, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Is there any doubt that Babcock will become head coach of the Ottawa Senators? Melnick with oh Leafs God. petty jealousy, poaching a bunch of players and DJ Smith. Babcock with his revenge factor and the fact that Toronto can pay the bulk of his salary. Come on. No, they can't pay him because Toronto has to allow this. And if uh, Ottawa didn't step to the plate with two and a half or three million of the five plus million that Toronto has to pay, they'll just say no. Oh, He's under contract to us. More than that. What if, okay, let's, let's under the assumption Melnick says, I'm going to pay Babcock whatever he wants, blank check. Well, then Toronto would be like, if I was Toronto, I'd be like, okay, then you're paying the full freight. You're paying sure. five. Do you, do you see there's a, a, a chance, a path no. to Babcock becoming head coach of the Senators? No, because Mike's smarter. No. Um, no. Okay. You can have your issues with Mike, but Mike is smarter than that. Okay. They got DJ Smith because he was cheap, and then he had to like complain to even get paid at the beginning of all this pandemic. Remember? Remember that? No. There, there was something about the coaching staff. Um, they had to be like, "Hey, man, you owe us money," or they they tried to cut their salaries by like half. We what? we covered. Yeah, we covered it. It was months what? ago. Oh yeah, yeah. When everybody was taking pay cuts at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Yeah, and DJ yeah. Smith had to be like, "No, please pay me." <laughs> right, right, right. No, while well, you are paying me, I'm under contract. Or know? like, you can okay, salary cut. I suppose I understand. Not fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. <laughs> I do remember that. Uh, yeah. And- so not not Ottawa. Okay. Well, fair. You shut down that rumor. Well, speculation or question or whatever you want to call it. Final question comes from uh, Jesse on the Steve Dago podcast. Do you guys uh, have a pick for the Super Bowl this weekend? Chiefs, Bucks. Uh, The Patriots. Oh, um, uh, sorry. I I need to amend what I say. I usually say I watch one Patriots game every year, the Super Bowl. Sorry. I watch one Tom Brady game a year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Super Bowl. It's funny. People talked about, they're talking about this as like a legacy game because Tom Brady is the greatest and Patrick Mahomes could be the greatest, could challenge him in 10, 15 years, depending upon how it goes. And the Chiefs look really strong. (laughs) That's such a long time. Yeah, I know. I know. But that's how good Brady is. What has he had? Like eight, nine appearances or 10 appearances or 10% of all Super Bowls ever he's been in? 18%. If Mahomes gets this one, then he's on the same pace as Brady. That's crazy. Yeah. So here's... Here's what I'm thinking, okay, with this game. Because Stephen A. Smith, I do love watching first take because it is just outrageous sometimes. Um, They get a little too in the weeds sometimes with uh, the NBA. But when they talk about football, I'm like, man, they actually, they've got some interesting points. Stephen A. Smith says that this is a legacy game, not for Tom Brady, but for Patrick Mahomes. Because he said he will never be as great as Tom Brady, could never be as great as Tom Brady if he loses here. And I think that's a really interesting point because Patrick Mahomes is supposed to be in the prime of his career and the Chiefs are an incredible team. Tom Brady is definitely not in the prime of his career. He's been very, very good. But Tom Cruise or Tom Cruise, Tom Brady is in the game management stage of his career, right? The weapons available to Tom Brady 
are far diminished compared to what they used to be. Tom Brady wins this. I, I don't, I, Patrick Mahomes is awesome and I love watching him play. He's probably my favorite player in the NFL right now. I don't know that he could ever surpass Tom Brady. I just don't think it's possible. So I'm, I'm jumping off of Stephen A. Smith's point there. I think that this is a legacy game for Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady's legacy cemented. Who cares at this point? I would just, I think it's just funny to see him and Gronk in the championship game again, recreating that, that, uh, that Instagram video and stuff that like that. that you can tell, you, yeah. you tell they're just having a fun. And it's cool because, um, you know, I think the Buccaneers fans are like long suffering. So this has got to be really cool for them. Right. I know nothing about football and I don't know any Kansas fans, but I know one Buccaneers fan. So I'm, I want the Bucks to win. <laughs> I went to the last Bucks game that Tom Brady didn't start. Oh, wow. I went, to the, I went to the last game last season where Jameis Winston broke the record for most touchdowns by a Bucks quarterback in the season, which was then broken by Tom Brady this year. So are we now coming up on, I was thinking about this today. Are we coming up on a year since the last professional sports game you went to? Because for me, Mine's I got, passed, I, think. I got passed. Oh, I got 16 more days. I went to the Leafs four nothing win against the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, which was erased two days later because two days later was the David Harris game. Is a good question. No, Even mine would be oh. mine Sorry, would be next, not next week. The week two weeks, two weeks, the family day week. So I think it would be like the seventeenth or something. I saw the Warriors play in Golden State because I was in San Francisco wow. at the time and I saw the Warriors. They got demolished. Oh. They were terrible last year. Um, I forget who they're playing. Um, uh, I forget, but yeah, it would have been that that game. Okay, so I'm coming up on it. I was at a I'm, Pete's game March seventh, but I I was busy. I barely watched. So mine is the Bucks game. Mine's the Bucks game. I saw them in uh, like Christmas right before. It would have been 2019, mm-hmm. but it was right before the turn of the year. Uh, it was their last game of the season. Yeah, I saw them there. And that was it, man. If I could only have gone back, it was beautiful, sunny oh. day, and we were sitting right beside the big stupid Buccaneer cannon. And every time they get into the red zone, that thing goes off. And every time they field goal or whatever, it's just fire. They just fire that cannon all day long. But it's fun. They're going to be banned from firing it this weekend because the are they? Site, it, the site has to be a neutral site to play the Super Bowl, so uh. they're not allowed to use any of the home advantages that they would normally have. Advantage. It it's is funny. an advantage if you're firing a freaking cannon every it time. Is. Well, like you remember the Columbus <laughs> yeah, one. You at the do... other team. <laughs> no, I you're think... just doing it for celebration. I also think that they're the first team in history to have home field for the Super Bowl. They are. It never happens. Yeah, it's ne- it's it has never happened. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think they should have. I think they should have allowed for that. And I think the city of Tampa should enjoy this. And I, you know, as much as. Um, I, as much as I, I have my questions about, you know, a bunch of people being let in that aren't inoculated with the COVID vaccine, you know, you do you free will, whatever. Uh, I think, you know, I'm sad that I can't be there because this was one where I was like, I actually told my parents because they live uh, about 45 minutes away in Sarasota uh, for part of the year. I was like, okay, I can come down and stay for free. So if I can find the cheapest Super Bowl ticket imaginable, and this is when, this is when there were 60,000 people going, not 18,000 or whatever it is going to be. 
Uh, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to freaking do it. I'm doing it. And so it's sort of sad that it's here and it's like, now nah, you can't go. Sorry, man. Hey, you don't even have the option. Yeah. I was going to save all year. I was like, yeah. I'm going to put, you know, a hundred bucks away every paycheck. You're going to get if a paper route. Get a paper route, drive Uber, whatever it is. I want to go see this. I want to see at least one Super Bowl. And uh, it, this was going to be the one. Mm-hmm. Bummer. Bummer. But it will be fun to see the Miley Cyrus TikTok. Um, uh, tr- what is it? The TikTok trailer? The TikTok uh, <laughs> for thing that she's going to do? Yeah, for healthcare workers. She's going she's gonna to do the TikTok tailgate for healthcare workers, which will be there fun. There you go. You got it. <laughs> and, uh, and The weekend did his press conference today, too. And that, I think, is going to be a hell of a show. He spent $7 million of his own dollars to make it the best show of all time. And uh, uh, I mean, he's going up against some pretty big names, Prince, Michael Jackson, to name a few. I think it'll be pretty cool to see. So it's going to be, it's going to be a historic Super Bowl. You have the greatest quarterback of all time. And like, you should be a little misty eyed if you watched Tom Brady growing up. Like it was uh, two decades ago when he played in his first Super Bowl and you don't expect to be 20 years later, he's still there kicking with a great team. I remember watching that Super Bowl, Jesse. I I had just gotten a TV in my room. (laughs) Big deal. Yeah, you're like 12. Big, yeah. And and I remember it was Adam, I think it was Adam Vinatieri that hit the was it Adam Vinatieri that hit the field goal at the end? Uh, I remember that. I remember thinking that like, wow, this this Tom Brady guy, I wonder how Drew Bledsoe feels. Right. (laughs) I remember that Super Bowl. And by the way, the TV was seven inches. (laughs) It was the tiniest little TV. Did you have a remote for it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the ones you got to get up and change. No, it, it was just like one of those old TVs that your parents have sitting in the basement. And I finally convinced yeah. them that I needed a TV in my room. And I got to watch the Super Bowl in my room, which I thought was pretty cool. So anyway, can you no, show us a pretty Iggy? big Super Bowl? So, yeah. Show us Iggy before we go, Steve. I'm, I'm trying to, but I can't get the here. I got to like literally pick up the up. computer. Oh, Iggy. Hey, oh, there he Iggy, is. say hello. All right. All right, Jesse, who's your pick for the Super Bowl, by the way? I don't know. I I, I, well, I just want to see a good game. I do too. I don't want to. Pick I just one. hope everyone yeah. has fun. I hope oh. all my prop bets hit. <laughs> what are your prop bets? bets? I I haven't I haven't settled on any of them. You gotta you gotta wait and see the lines last minute. But uh, the over under on field goals is one I like every year on the Super Bowl because there's uh the Super Bowl it usually hits the under on field goals. It's like it's like ten times in the history. Um, the under on the total of the game is a good one. There's a lot of value. I think it's at like 54 and a half. And I think it's definitely going to hit the under because that's a little high. Um, there's a couple other ones. Love. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, have a wonderful Super Bowl. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the game Saturday. Go Leafs go. And we will see you Monday where we'll actually have some hockey to talk about on the Steve Dangle podcast. Hooray. And just a reminder, if you aren't already a subscriber to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash SDP and receive a subscription for just $3.99 per month. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.